It's Thursday again, tell everybody to lock in Grab some popcorn, a drink, and go and throw your airpods in It's a one-hour show, constantly speaking facts Bulletproof stats are always shooting from Matt And when it comes to Kyle, you getting numbers and style Jake is gonna educate you, he has that knowledge on fire Player, step your game up, don't be sluggish or lazy Or Jimmy J might hit you with a shaky baby Catch him on YouTube or any podcast platform Breaking all the news down like Shaq does the backboards No hot takes, this is where the hottest debate's at Now kick your feet up, cause it's time for Straight Facts What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains, brought to you by the Up On Game Network. It's your boy, James Jackson, my guys, Jake Galley, Kyle Sirik, Stat Matt Robinson. What what an eventful two, three minutes we just had before turning on the mic. Like, sometimes I think it's good that stuff, like chaos just happened, y'all. Like a little bit of chaos just happened before getting on. But we button it up and we get on screen. But like sometimes I feel like it's good that that happens because it gets us like now we're now we're just in a groove. Now we're just you got to just go and not think about it. Honestly, it's weird when it doesn't happen. Like if there's not True. something going True. wrong before the show, I don't I don't feel quite right. Uh, but like it's luckily, too quiet in here. Yeah, luckily yeah. we're we're in a groove. We're going. I think we've got a great show uh, ahead. So yeah, let's do it. Can't can't get much better, right? Yeah, you guys, you know, I'm buzzing. Hey, I, I just sat in my seat the whole time while I watched you guys do that. So I, I don't yeah, know. Really, that really don't gives you an idea of what goes Kyle's on here. I'm fresh. sitting in my seat, puffing and puffing and sweating. All right, Kyle, Kyle's, Kyle's <laughs> dying up the whole time. Um, but no, Jake, you're right. We do have a good show, and I, I don't want to get to it. We got multiple things that we need to discuss. NBA playoffs are in full swing. The NFL draft just happened, plus a bunch of teams are making moves. So it's a good time for the sports calendar, but we'll start right there with, with the NBA playoffs because nothing short of great games and great series as we're now in round two in the conference semifinals. So the, the first one we'll talk about is the Bucks celtics but we'll frame all of these after we just kind of recap the series or, or, or summarize the series. We'll frame them into, like, what's the biggest Achilles heel for each of this for each of these teams in this series. But first one, Bucks Celtics 1-1, just like we thought both teams come out swinging. Bucks get game 1 off a really impressive game, even not the most efficient game, but impressive game for Giannis with the triple double and then the Celtics come back and even the score in game 2. We have a 1-1 series right now. Yeah. I mean, makes a lot of sense honestly. I do I agree. Uh just because when you're the home team like Boston has and you get kind of kind of embarrassed game one that you get beaten by double digits despite Giannis not having a great shooting night. Um, you have to bounce back with a big win and that wasn't, it was a blowout. The game mm. was over by halftime and they showed why they're a legit contender for the title by doing that to the defending champions. Yeah. I mean, the, the defensive aspect reared its head again for the Celtics, right? Something we've harped about for them all season, but without Marcus smart, right? He gets that, that injury, a couple of injuries, right? In game one, but it's out for game two. And you're thinking like, that's their defensive anchor, the defensive player of the year. They may not look the same, but it, it didn't, it looked the same. If not as good as we've seen it all season, they held the bucks to 86 points. Yeah, it does help. I will just pump the brakes. Does help when the Bucks shoot three of eighteen from outside and the Celtics shoot twenty forty three. Now they earned that. You know, I'm not taking anything away from them, but in that second game, their lives were made much easier by the fact that they were actually making shots. They've shot thirty three percent in that first game. Uh, if you can continue to kind of hold Giannis below that fifty percent field goal mark, I think 
that Milwaukee's going to have a lot of trouble on offense without Chris Middleton in the fold being a guy who can just win you a game when Giannis isn't feeling up to it. Or if they decide, hey, we're going to take away Giannis, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of looking and it's Grayson Allen, you look and it's Chris Middleton, you feel a lot better about that. So game three is going to be huge, obviously, duh, tied series. But what I'll be looking at is uh, how they continue to guard Giannis. Do you continue to build the wall? Do you continue to make other people beat you? Um, you know, there, there's some people out there who thinks that it's just better just let him get his and don't let anyone else beat you. I mean, if, if I'm the Celtics, I think their game plan for, for the whole series is like Giannis is going to, you know, get into the middle. Don't allow him to get into the middle. Don't allow him to get to the rim. He's going to have to see bodies. And when he does, he's going to kick it out to Grayson Allen, to Pat Connaughton. Now, when he kicks it out to Chris Middleton, we have to rotate to Chris Middleton if and when he comes back this series. When they kick it out to Grayson Allen and Pat Connaughton, Jake, you and I were talking about this off camera. If Grayson Allen hits five to six threes every game and they beat us in a series, I'm the Celtics, look at the box and say, hey, you're going to win a championship. Because if that's how you beat us, that you deserve to win the series, you deserve to win the title. I have to be able to, as the Celtics, stay disciplined to my attachment to Giannis and look Grayson Allen in the face and say, beat us. Like, every game, hit five threes. Pat, Ta- Pat Connaughton, every game, give me 12 and seven. Like, you're going to have to do that as the others to, to sustain us for Boston. And we have the ability to guard you one-on-one to get out to these shooters, to get out to this space. So... I think, the, I think that's been the Celtics' game plan. I think they stick to that, and game two showed that that's sustainable. And, uh, Jake, you mentioned the three of 18 shooting from three. I think the bigger number is not the three. It's the 18. Mm. 18 threes is tiny in today's NBA. The Bucks averaged 38 three-point attempts per game in the NBA this year. That's showing that they're not comfortable at all in their offense, and they're afraid to shoot because – Boston's arms are everywhere and they're yeah. forming them. What, which is different from last year because they didn't shoot a lot of threes last year. Kyle, I actually remember yeah. me, yeah, me being down in Orlando. Yeah, 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 exactly. Me being in Orlando and Kyle and I did a two-man podcast and we talked about the Suns right or the Bucks right before we went to play the Suns in the finals, how they weren't a three-point shoot, three shooting team last year and they were the only team in the league that we thought could win a championship not shooting threes and they did that. But this year, they're different. This year, you add Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton comes back and you know, Brooke Lopez comes back from injury and you're shooting a lot of threes, but, you know, they, they weren't putting those, those threes up in game two. But a lot of it, I think, has got to be the Celtics' defense. So you got to give yeah, them the credit for all that. I mean, I th- when you look at the series as a whole, we're looking at probably the two best teams in the East. I don't yeah. think anyone's mad if you say that. And the Celtics' reason for being there, obviously the Bucs, they would just won a championship, had a great regular season. The Celtics' reason for being one of the best teams in the East is the defensive side of the ball. Best defense in the league, if you go by the metrics in the I second half it. of the season. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in this series, though, um, for that reason, obviously, because I do believe it's the two best teams of the East. But we haven't seen both teams play well in the same game yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure, predictive-wise, how I th- even think this is going to go. Right? We saw what, from a standpoint, we saw the Bucks come out into Boston, take a game one win. Impressive. Now, Celtics played bad, but Bucks won that game by 12. It really was further away for 12 if you look at the whole yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have the Celtics needing a bounce-back game coming and beating them by more than they got beat by in game one. 
So going forward, I'm really interested to see when both of these teams play well. Yeah, game one. We haven't seen that yet, but I think they are very closely matched still. Yeah, even if you just look at the end result, game one, 101 to 89, game two, 109 to 86. They sound similar in a way that the teams were defeated. Interesting stat from game one. Boston scored 27 of their 89 points off of turnovers. Now, I don't think those opportunities presented themselves in game two. Milwaukee didn't Milwaukee didn't uh turn the ball over, they just didn't hit shots. Um, so I think, um, like, I, I think that's interesting to see just through the rest of the series. If Boston continues to turn them over and capitalize off turnovers like that, I think that gives them the edge in this series. And it also, the way that Milwaukee wants to run things kind of lends itself to, if you are able to create a live ball turnover, you're going to get really great looks because I would assume, uh, I didn't, you know, I don't have an accounting of every single turnover, but I would assume a lot of it. And another reason for that poor, uh, three-point percentage, which we ended up seeing in game two. But in game one, Giannis goes in, and he's in the paint and tries to kick out. If you can get a deflection and go the other way, now Giannis is in the paint down there. You mm-hmm. have a chance to get at the rim without their best rim protector. And, and, and sprint, run, run, right. run to get run for that chance. Yeah, you better get it in transition. Don't let them get back in the, in the half court. And yeah. Boston's definitely a team that can do that. So I'll be I'll really like it's going to, as a lot of these series, as we get closer to the NBA Finals, becomes more and more about the stars, which we'll talk about coming up here. Going to be about all the stars. Well, let's dive in right into it. The, the Achilles heel for both teams. We'll start right there with Boston. You talk about the stars. Need both Tatum and Brown to click at the same time. And when they've done that, my goodness, when they've done that, this season it's been lethal. Um, but, I mean, they're, they're 12-2 and two this season when Tatum and Brown both score 25. Now, I will say, I've seen a lot of that in the regular season, and just history tells me only one of them does that in the playoffs, and that's Jason Tatum. Now, the Bucs haven't always been this great of a defensive team to lend themselves just having one prolific score, but I haven't seen them both go off consistently in the playoffs. I've seen Jason Tatum do it. So yeah. they both need to start doing and that, it. And that's even exemplified by the fact that now Marcus Smart um, is kind of hurt. Now, I think Marcus Smart comes back, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, like That's kind of what you're hearing out of the Boston camp there. But, I mean, yeah, it's not surprising when they score over 25-plus or 12-2. and two. I mean, any team that gets two guys over 25-plus. Yeah, probably going to win a bunch of games. Uh, yeah. The bigger thing is they both have to play well. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily need Jalen Brown to give 25-plus, but you 100% need at least 20, right? And if they're making the right decisions, that is where you beat them on mm-hmm. Milwaukee's defensive end. Good defensive team. But you get a switch on Pat Connaughton, I'm taking Jason Tatum all day. Right? Right, right. You get a switch on Grayson Allen, I'm taking Jason Brown that. You gotta win all that. day. Yeah, so I need those that. guys to play consistently well. I'm not sure it needs to be 25 from both of them. Definitely from Tatum, but he's going to get that regardless. It's also recognizing the flow of the game with them. Like, So they need to acknowledge, say, Brown is hot, Tatum's cold after like the first half. That's where Tatum needs to go use most of his energy defensively and facilitate Brown offensively so mm. they can keep the energy, like what works for them, what's been working for them throughout the game. They can't do what they did in the beginning of the season where they became selfish mm-hmm. trying to get their own. They have to do what they, when they have been ever since December, which has been played perfectly together. Right. And, and we talked about Jason Tatum <clears throat> facilitating the basketball now. And, and to be honest, now that I think about it, Every time he's been in the playoffs before, we get one of these early games. It's an explosion, a 40-point, a 50-point. We've got 30 points. We've gotten high 20s. We haven't gotten that explosion in the playoffs yet, and that may be because he's realizing that, you know, that the ball needs to be distributed more. That 40 may not help us. You know, it may need to be yeah. 25 and, and 
add four or five more assists on that. Especially when better. the team around him now is a lot better. For sure. I would think. For sure. Now, now Milwaukee's Achilles heel is simply missing Chris Middleton now. Like, it's every year a team gets shown how vital a certain piece is to their team. And I don't know if anyone need to tell you how vital an all-star, a 50-40-90 guy like Chris Middleton is to Milwaukee, but there's an, an obvious gap of, of – like him not being on the offense. And it's it's more than like just scoring. We have it on the script right here that, that scoring isn't the only reason or the only way that Chris Middle is impacting the Bucks. But talk about it. Like how like they're missing Chris Middleton, man. Right. Absolutely. Well, and it plays into what we just talked about. Tatum and Brown, he would be guarding one of them. He would probably be guarding Jalen Brown, I would mm-hmm. have to assume. Uh, when you look at it by the numbers, the biggest difference that he makes uh is the rebounding. Just having that bigger body, he plays in a forward role, they're plus three point eight. Um, in total rebound percentage difference. So so they end up being about like 4% better on the boards against uh, a team with Middleton on versus him off. And then obviously when you look to offensive rating, uh, the same thing kind of translates there. They're four points better with him on uh, versus off. And and I go back to Brown versus Tatum because, you know, when, if it is a case where it is only Brown tonight or it is only Tatum going tonight, you can kind of dig your heels in, stick Middleton on him, and now they're a one-faceted offense that mm. you can, as a defense, it makes it a lot easier to game plan for that type Boston team. I think if you're Boston, um, and, and the reason I bring up you know the high-scoring output is that is an indicator of the health of their offense in that game. How well are you doing? Um, you're going to be doing pretty well if you're to, both of your top guys. And Kyle, you're right. 25 points maybe. Points, I think, is a little tricky. Mm-hmm. Probably should have looked at it through field goal percentage. Um, because when both those guys are getting efficient yeah. uh, looks, you know, it's really hard to beat that Boston team. That, that's true. Other than all the great things Chris Middleton does that show up on the stat sheet, it's also how it affects Giannis. Like you mentioned the offensive rebound numbers. A lot of that's because Giannis can be in the paint waiting for a miss because uh, he's not as ball dominant as he mm-hmm. needs to be. And if you just go back to uh, the last time these two teams met in the playoffs in 2019, through two games, Giannis – they were locking down Giannis. Giannis was shooting 37.8% from the field. But what happened in game two of that series is Chris Middleton went 7 of 10 from three, and the Bucks won by 21. So then the Celtics defense had to focus more on him. The last three games of the series, Giannis shot 63% from the field. And, and, so it's, it's the, <laughs> it, lim, it, it opens up Milwaukee's offense so much more yeah. with and, Middleton there. And I think that's a pattern everywhere. You look at... Um, like last year with the Suns where, where Giannis goes off. And then when Giannis has this quiet game, everyone's doubting Chris Middleton. Oh, it's 40 ball from Chris Middleton. Like that's, that's, he, he knows when to pick it up when, when, you know, they're starting to key in on Giannis. Now it's my time. Okay. We got to move on to the, to the next series. Sixers heat. The one you guys are all eyes glued to game two is tonight. The heat are up one Oh, uh, right now the heat recover. And it's like going to have a close game, you know, halftime. You guys are up one at half. And the Heat have a great second half recover. End up winning 106 to 92. Um, close the w- close the the first half on a 15 to two run. You guys did, um, but with with two helps from from George Niang. How about that? At center, he didn't make a shot, <laughs> but he was plus six. But, but, uh, and, and you and you talked about that too off camera. That how about you know? We'll, we'll we'll get into that a little bit later. Let's get about the the whole scope of the series first, but. Um, the, the, the big stories that no help from the others, from the Sixers, right? The non hardy maxi Tobias, um, Harris Sixers went two of 17 from three point range. That's not going to help. You have a pretty good night from Tobias Harris. You have a pretty good half from James Harden and you have 
your game from Tyrese Maxey has his spurts. I think he could have a little bit better. Nineteen game, points but, per game is what you come to. But, but right, right, but for a guy in his a guy in his second playoffs, uh, like I agree, Kyle. You need more with them beat out, right. but he right, played right. fine. The, the the reason he played fine was like one stretch of ten yeah, yeah. And, 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 so I and, and see an all around game tonight. There's tape, but to me, he didn't do anything so egregious that a guy in a second playoff right. run, sure. a guy that you're th- thrusting into this spot, sure. like I'm going to take my lumps. All that considered, the Miami Heat do what the Miami Heat do, and they hit you from all different angles, from all different um, ways. A very physical game, very all up in you. Um, and they come out and get the victory over you guys. But before we get into the Sixers side of it, let's talk the Miami Heat side a little smart. bit. Because I yeah, because I know, smart. I know, I know we can get. So I lose y'all in these, in these Sixers debates. Yeah, it's to the funny. Heat. It's funny because every other when we talk about any other matchup, <clears> any other game, through any other time of the year, when I'm when I'm setting it up, you guys are all dialed in on both sides. Like I get a yup, I get a yeah. when I'm talking about a Sixers series, I, you guys are dead silent until I'm ready to throw it to you because mm-hmm. you guys are already <laughs> with your Sixers ammo. It's mad funny, but let's talk about the Heat a little bit first um, because I think the the biggest glaring thing without Joel Embiid wasn't just Bam Adebayo's <clears throat> ability to score because he didn't do that until the latter part of the game. It was his ability to create, and he's one of the best creative centers in the league, one of the best facilitating passive center, passing centers in the league, and there's no one making it uncomfortable for him to do that. So he gets everybody else involved and then attacks later in the game when the bigs are tired, and I think that was just a big thing that the Heat were able to to exploit. That's what I saw yeah. in game one. I mean, 100%. The, the other team's missing their best player who would be Bam Adebayo's defender, yeah. and they're like, all right, we're going to run through Bam. But he didn't score it. That's, he that's what I thought. Well, he, he, he came out the gate with like eight or ten yeah, points sure, in the sure, first yeah, quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, but they're running the offense through him mm-hmm. um, down low. They know they can get a bucket when they do that, and it's very versatile compared to what the other side of the ball did. And then when you get guys like Tyler Hero has a big game, when you get P.J. Tucker making threes playing really well defensively, that's only going to make Bam even like stronger in the paint because he doesn't have to like do it all if Jimmy Butler's having a bad night. It's everyone could have really gotten a bucket that night, and that's how they won game one. The and- most encouraging thing from the Heat fans' perspective is the fact that they shot 25% from three, and they still won pretty comfortably, and they're the best three-point shooting team in the NBA by percentage. Duncan Robinson he he didn't touch play. the floor. I don't, Depot, I don't think he will. Old Depot's taking his minutes. That's no longer a hole that yeah. like is going to be huh? like 20, 25 minutes where you could have had a hole in the defense with Duncan Robinson. Right, right, right. No, no and more I, with Old but, Depot. But that's a shooter. And that's a guy who just shoots. So I'm comfortable if I'm Eric Spolstra <clears throat> giving Vic his minutes, yeah. knowing that like Duncan Robinson doesn't have to come 100%. in and do anything else but shoot. So if I need him, like shoot, right, shoot, when we're then, when we're yeah, it's going to take two in, misses yeah. and he's right back in it. So like I, I think that's scary that he's just – they're untouched, ready to go, all fresh legs. They are, I would say, Miami and Toronto, more than any other organizations in the NBA, will find guys who literally will not get any NBA minutes anywhere else and turn them into 15 to 20 minute a night guys. Max Strews, Gabe, Gabe Vincent, Vincent oh. Caleb Martin, like a Precious Achua who yeah. now is doing it, for, did it for the one franchise, now yeah. doing it for the other one. <laughs> I think that, and they know this, the Sixers without Embiid don't really have a chance if Miami takes advantage, which they are coached well. They 100% did on the offensive glass. It was noticeable that Embiid was gone. And as you rebounds. said, as you said, when the Sixers are on defense, 
it is like no holds barred. Like, okay, Bam has the ball. What are you guys going to do? And then we get, we For, get, yeah, a, yeah, we get a good look. Bam gets the ball, and it's just full systems go right ahead. Wh- like. Whether he's scoring, whether he's passing, he gets a lot of – he only finished with, I believe, four assists, if I saw that correctly. Uh, gets a lot of hockey assists with the way they move the ball around the perimeter after yeah. he kicks it out. So, like – uh, the Sixers have to come up with a different answer because right now for Eric Sprolster in the Heat, if the answer is just how do we win, we play hard and we attack the glass. Like they, they did that anyway. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Did that anyway. That's yeah. not that's not a game plan. That's not having them work hard, having them think. And hard. I th- and I think that's dangerous because it's it's not like they don't have a game plan because they lack a game plan. It's like oh, we don't have to use it yet. Right. We can just just right, sure <laughs> hustle and physicality. And then when and then when you make us use it, okay, now we bring in the X's and O's. By the way. We have one of the, if not the best X's and O's coach in the NBA at our disposal. So I, I think that just it lends itself to a lot of problems. But you were going to say something, Matt, before I jumped in. I was not. Oh, you were. <laughs> I, I yeah. you All right. So let's so let's go right in to the Sixers Achilles heel because it is. I like the way we worded it in the script. A big, big problem because yeah. it's a brainchild. A, a huge, a huge problem at center. When I log on to Twitter and I see Sixers Nation saying, "Let's give Charles Bassey a chance." In the playoffs, I say, yeah, we got a big, we got a big problem on our hands right now. <laughs> so DeAndre Jordan, Paul Reed, and Georges Niang are, are the three, five, three center options that the Sixers uh, rolled out. Millsap, um, no, no, Millsap no over Niang more, but yeah, but, but you know they're, they're there. DeAndre Jordan, uh, Niang didn't play the five though. Is what I'm saying. Minus at the end of the first half, he was the biggest player on the court. Wasn't Millsap on the court? Not at the end of the first half. Uh, yeah. the end of the first half. I think that run was with Niang at center. And he hey. didn't score. <laughs> he's, not, he's, not, he's not going to. So, uh, anyway, DeAndre Jordan, minus 22 on the night. You guys have him as unwatchable. Paul Reed. <laughs> Paul Reed, 5,013 minutes. Love the kid, but you got to pace yourself a little bit. And then George Niang, unfortunately, you guys have as maybe the best option at six. Well, based off of, at least based off of he's not based, play based, center. based off the paper. He's not based play center based off the paper. He's not. That, that was yeah, that was he's, he's not that was a move. So so that all that to sum up, all this conjecture is to sum up. The Sixers need to figure out something at the five position. And you I got about him for an hour to do it. You don't like <laughs> <laughs> I'm Doc. Trust me, Doc is probably starting to kick around right now as we speak. Is when he first starts to think about speaking. It. Of, speaking of starting, apparently DeAndre Jordan is doing. I'm sure that he. Again. I'm sure. He, I'm sure he'll start again just because he's a Doc guy from the time in Los Angeles. He's a Harden guy for whatever reason. Harden apparently was asked, or the, the the teammates were asked, "Who do you want to start?" And they all said DJ. I think that's a lie from Doc, but. Yes. Niang, <laughs> that ain't true. Niang has Paul to be. Reed. You think Paul Reed said right. DJ hey, Paul, who do you want? You or DJ, the guy who can't move when there's a ball about three feet in front of him. He can't bend down and pick it up. Uh, as a, he as also player, doesn't box out. As a player, when you when you watch your coach just like lie to that in a press conference, you got to be like, did I miss that? Was I like, like, what do you do? Wait, did I miss that? Team? Yeah, was I was I not in that meeting? Did I? Did I? Did you guys vote on this? Did anyone else vote on this? And everybody, Chuck Brown, everyone on the bench is like, I didn't vote for it. Yeah, yeah no, right, no, yeah, no. Sure. You guys did not vote for it, actually. Um, but no, it, and here's what I do want to say about the whole thing. Did Did DeAndre Jordan have a bad night? Absolutely. Did Does he look like he's too old and washed? Probably. Is Charles Bassey the the answer? I think absolutely not. Like you're, no. you're going to go deeper to the end of your bench and grab somebody who has no real regular season tape, at least that I can find to scrub through. Um, and 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 you, the playoffs are all about a shorter rotation, maximizing guys 
in their spots, not reaching down into your bag, picking up Charles Bassey and trying to it's throw him out there. Yeah, and see what happens. That's an experiment. We're in the second round. The answer, I think, to what you're left to is increasing Paul Reed's minutes and telling him, hey, like if you want to stay on the floor, 5,013 minutes isn't the way to do it. Like I, I need more out of you. But I'd rather coach him for that than go and hope Charles Bassey doesn't go I, out and screw it up. Because I, I heard this from one of my friends. I won't out you, even though I should on this podcast. When you listen, you'll know who it is. Um, he, he said, it can't get much worse than DeAndre Jordan, so why not just try it? And I said, man, you're going to mess around and find out that it can get, get a little worse than DeAndre Jordan if Charles Bassey goes out there. It gets absolutely eaten up. So I don't think it's scrap everything, throw everything out the window, make adjustments, but I don't think it's time for like experiments. No, you, you have to understand where you're at with this too. This is the, you know, the big, big problem. It's really only a problem for one more night, probably. Probably. And Bede comes back. And when you like... Especially with this lineup with no Embiid, the big's role in this team is can really be limited to just offensive rebound or get defensive rebounds. Don't let the other team on the glass. No one's asking DeAndre Jordan to go give you 10, 12 well, he, points. He wasn't doing that. No one's I'm asking not, Paul Reed to go give you. It's like get rebounds and you're not a focal actually, point of the offense. I, so it you doesn't can need box to out. be a big problem. Right. It you, can be a small problem. Wow. Just do your but job. When, they, when it's their point when it's Miami's point of emphasis, <laughs> and I agree, this does this yeah. does come like one billion percent is gone when Embiid comes back, of course. He's our and MVP. And, and the other point of my point is, like, these guys aren't a big part of the offense. Just do the little things that mm -hmm. a backup center needs to come in Correct. and do. Minimum. Bare but, minimum they're not, but they're not this doing is, that is the problem. Yeah, no, the, exactly. The issue is Doc screwed up in the regular season. <laughs> Once we traded Drummond in the Harden deal, you have to have Paul Reed develop as a backup center because Embiid's injury history just shows you need to have that safety valve there. And I know Embiid's injury is fluky, but Paul Reed, there's no reason he can't be like a Bobby Portis type player, but he just doesn't have the development and the NBA minutes to get his little silly fouls, his little turnovers, his rawness there. They, he's like a, he's like a, he's like yeah, a they, baby horse. He's yeah, so they, excited yeah, to be out they there. They throw yeah. him in the G League, and then he has one really great game against Detroit the last game of the season, <laughs> and then it's like, Oh, you're going to be playing huge, important minutes in the playoffs, mm. trying to win a title, and it's just, it's just too much, and it's just a failure of the regular season. Coaching. Hey, hey, we're not going on a Paul Reed victory tour. That's mm. all we're not going to no. do. It's not going to go on a Paul Reed victory tour. Right. That's all. I'm, I'm, I've had enough of. I've like, <laughs> I've had enough of Doc. I'm officially ready to say it. Like, <clears throat> Doc, probably a great guy if you get to know him, but I, I don't need him condescending to the fans like, and the media when they're when they're struggling in it. That's, that's one other thing, Doc, as well, because honestly, the series isn't going to come down to the game two big men how they play. Right, and it, might, back. it might. If y'all go down too well, it might. Yeah, but Hardy didn't, Hardy didn't play well last game. Maxi didn't step up. Tobias had a good game, yes. But if the Sixers win tonight, it's not going to be because this. It's going to be because this didn't cause an issue. They didn't win. This isn't going to win the game. This big man guy. So it's it's just they're going to not lose the game by doing this. Is what you're saying? Well, Rather and, than win and, the and game. I see by where yeah, the, these big men are not going to be the difference maker in the series. It definitely or in the game, and definitely not in the series. I see what Kyle, where Kyle's coming from. Like he wants their. You almost wanted to to take away their chance to screw up big. Like I don't, I don't, don't give them so much of a plate that they're going to screw up. I need you to do these two. things. I'm not even saying that. Like, I was more just shifting the conversation to what I think actually matters in this series, and that's going to and tonight really, and that's Harden. Please don't say her. Yeah, and Maxi Harden. You could you could really cut cut the rope on that one. That one's not coming home. I don't, yeah, I don't think yeah, Harden, Harden is not the guy. He first off stat has not put up 20 shots as a sixer in a game. 
has not put up 20 field goal attempts no. in a single game as a 76 And he needed to do that. Stop. He doesn't recognize the player he, he is now because he took all those shot attempts in the past because he knew his movement. He knew he could beat guys off the dribble. He's not beating those people yeah. off the dribble, so he's passing a lot more. Mm-hmm. He, I actually liked how he came out in game one to just attack, attack, attack. Me that too. was very promising to me. Um, and then second half, he didn't feel like doing that anymore. I, yeah, not like, that he doesn't feel like it. <laughs> it yeah, says, he yeah. Could, yeah. Like if, and then, especially especially sitting down at halftime, like that guy sat down for 15 minutes, like legs all heavy. If the Sixers want to take the games to the, tonight's game, because we know Harden is still capable of being a very high-level playmaker mm-hmm. still in this offense, in this playoff run, it's going to be off the heels of Maxi giving us 35. Probably need something honest, like that yeah. to win. And uh, one more just Doc Rivers thing. Uh, George Yang and Danny Green can never be on the court at the same time. Oh, yeah. This has made you can get me one up too. That's so gonna, mad. I, I think I happen. tweeted it back in like February. That's gonna and he's doing it in game two of the like the biggest game of the series. That's gonna like, do you not realize they provide the same exact role? They should be the guy to sub out for each other. Like if Danny Green's not hitting the street, let's get George Yang in there. It doesn't make sense. Danny Green's not the defender he used to be. George Niang has never been a good defender. Neither of them could rebound. We're getting killed on the glass. So you want two three-point yeah. specialists in the same lineup? Well, or one, well, one, one stretches a big. If you're going to put Niang at the five, it makes sense because Niang stretches a big. Gets, you can't gets, play him at the five, though. We got killed on the board by P.J. Tucker at f- playing the four. And now you're going to have P.J. Tucker and Adebayo. That's a battle. You, you punt it. You punt it by playing George Niang, and you say, all right, you guys, so. you guys for CSU – we couldn't. We could. Yeah, we'd uh, have to shoot forty percent from three. Tucker, that game. You have a better chance of shooting forty percent from three than DJ oh, playing, playing hard Tucker. enough to not get dominated by Bam. Oh, I'm all on Paul Reed. I get it, but he Sixers down six. Doc Rivers put Furkan Korkmaz, Matisse Thybulle, and DeAndre Jordan all at the game at the same time. Nice. Yeah. That's terrible. terrible. White flag. Terrible. White flag. All right, we blew through all the time that we had to really talk about the Miami side of things, as as, as you'll do. The Miami's we ki- started with Miami. Miami, bit. Miami. Oh, they're, they're Achilles heel. So we have their Achilles heel right now. Is Jimmy Butler starting just slow? Is he starting to lag, or is he really just resting to turn it on? We've seen him do both. We've seen him crap out in the playoffs, and we've seen him kind of go slow in the playoffs and then kick that thing into high gear and run towards the championship. So coming to the series, averaging thirty points per game in the playoffs. Um, he had 15, 7, 9 on 15, five of, six, 5 of 16 shooting in game one, but they still won. Yeah. So when we talked about all the, the Sixers to fit. Jimmy Butler. Not worried about Jimmy. Jimmy yeah. Butler's an incredible zone of NBA player where he's great enough to have like great playoff moments and everyone goes nuts about how good he is, but he's not great enough that people kill him when he plays poorly. Well, because they know that's he's not. In, like, he's in the perfect, like, He's never built himself as a scorer. Like he's he's stayed in that realm mm-hmm. pretty much his whole career. Like he's never built himself he's as a scorer. I mean, so like when he scores crazy, you're like, oh my god, he's so good. But when he doesn't, like I know that's this not may him. be a little crazy to say. He's essentially like a really really rich man's uh, Patrick Beverly is what he is. And yeah, you can he, keep that one. A he, tremendous. He, like yeah, he, he tries really really hard, and when he doesn't perform well, like Matt said, it's like, well, he tries really hard, but he's he's your superstar. Well, he tried his hardest. Well, he he hounded him on defense, like if Paul George never gets that benefit of the doubt, right? He's a great right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, it's like that Paul George. The argument. I, I think uh, it, no, it's disrespectful. Don't make any two bones about it. Me calling him a super super rich man's Patrick Beverly is a, oh yeah, gross. I wasn't it's even, gross. I wasn't even going to acknowledge. But anyways, that. yeah, <laughs> go, I was going to say like I think uh, Jimmy Butler uh, possibly could be the 
Achilles heel for the Heat if they want to make a championship run going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think for this series, he's not. Uh, they want, they didn't need him in game one. And when they do need him, he'll show up My against point. the Sixers. He'll I show agree. up. I agree. All right, next series, Suns, Mavs. Suns up one nothing uh, in that series. Um, I, I, I mean, had a, had a great game, tight nip and tuck game until the fourth. Suns pull away. And then for some reason, struggle to finish the game. Like I'm, I'm watching this gap club get got down to eight at one point with like a minute and ten or something like that. But I they got ended. so annoyed at the Suns. I bro, wanted to go bro. to bed, and then Dallas <laughs> kept making it close. Like, yeah, like it just, like <laughs> it just would not close out the game. Ridiculous. Um, Lucas 45, 12, and eight, still not enough. Suns dominate on the boards, out rebounding the Mavs 51 to 36. DeAndre Ayton, we talk about the bag he found. It might be a Birkin. 12 for 20, uh, 25 points, eight rebounds, plus 10 on the court. He's continuing just to, to move at a, an upward trajectory with his play. Um, for this for this series next year, we'll go right into the Achilles heels. So for Phoenix, is Devin Booker really healthy? Um, Kyle, you talked about how Devin Booker is going to be or was the most important player for the Suns in this playoff run. And while I'm not seeing bad games from Book. I'm not seeing Devin Booker. I know there's another gear he can kick into, another, you know, stratosphere player he can get into. So is 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 it the same thing we're seeing with Jimmy Butler where he's just lagging a little bit or is or something not it's, right with Booker? To me, it's the same thing we see in Jimmy Butler as that I don't think it's going to matter. Um, I think this series is easier for the Suns than their first round series. What, yo, 100%. Yeah, so, I 100%. mean, uh, if he's not healthy, I mean, he's still going to play. That's fine. Let him get healthy. Now, that could cost them next round. Say he's not healthy and say it's more serious and say now a week and a half from now when we're getting to the Western Conference Finals, um, then it's a problem. Big one. Then it's an – I don't care if it's the Warriors or the Grizzlies on the other side. Big then one. it's a problem. Big one. But for right now, I think they're going to be fine. Uh, I love that uh, – actually, no, I'll get there on the Mavs side. But, okay. uh, yeah. No, no, I, I agree with you with, with Book. It might not matter right now, but what will matter next series and, and every series moving after is shooting 37% from the field, 18 <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you heard that right. 18% from three. The Suns were three yeah. and four this year when Booker shot below 38% from the field. 18, one, eight percent from them, three is ridiculous. And them winning these games with Booker playing that way is just testament how disparity. good the yeah. Suns are. It's crazy. Talent, talent and the Suns had a classic Suns game. They scored 121 points, and the highest score was 25. Yeah. Like everyone contributed Cam Johnson off the bench. They're just perfectly balanced and if booker hits the as all gear things, as all things should be <laughs> as all things and, should and be and if booker kicks gets back to full 100 they're almost unbeatable yeah i mean to me we talked about the others or i talked about the others going into this series and, the, and there was one other that stuck out to me and i don't even know if he's another at this point he's included probably included in a big three and that's deandre Ayton. if he's winning matchups like that they're like the, it makes the Suns so much better than everybody else. And I, it's you talked about why Booker shooting the way he's shooting not may not matter, but you know isn't a detriment to the Suns right now. It's because if DeAndre Ayton is dominating his matchup like that and just making it crazy over now, we don't always get Maxi Kleba as as a matchup. But when you do, but when you do, you you eat him up. And this is what the Utah Jazz were not able to do. They were making jokes about it. Dallas was making jokes about it. Oh, now we got a real big. Now we have a real big who can punish us when we go small. And it's true. They can't go small because at this point, like we've seen on their title run, Aiton can step up when the matchup is not correct, the matchup is not suitable to him. They will spam you to death with pick and roll or or getting a switch and getting him down low. 
and he's able to convert and let him get a bat. Let him get a bag where he's now taking people off the dribble. Jake. If he were to ever start taking people off the dribble, Jake. the Suns wouldn't wouldn't be losing. He don't got that bag right now, but look, he walking down, you know, Fifth Ave window shopping. He's window shopping. Like, yeah, he window shopping for that bag. And I think and moving to Dallas's Achilles heel, this kind of falls into it. Like they don't have they, they past three years, Dallas has not had an answer for a big. I do have an answer for them this offseason. He's available. He's seven feet and he's French and we hate him. <laughs> Rudy Gobert is rumored to be potentially moved, would be a great fit for and Dallas. We hate him. <laughs> would be a great fit for Dallas. Would be would be the missing piece for Dallas, I would go as, as far to say. It, it might be because that's a great fit. It it, 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 it might be if they can retain Jalen Brunson, he's going to ask for a bag. But if I would they say can retain Jalen Brunson and bring and bring him back, there's a way they could fit Spencer Dinwiddie in that offense to it. You know now they got their their rim protection. Um, but for the Achilles heel for Dallas, it's same song and dance, man. It's Luca and nobody else. Yeah. Luca trying to take on the world and like like. 45, 12, and 8. It's the third straight playoffs. We've seen this. Mm-hmm. Luca can get 40, and it doesn't matter. And I'm like. watching this game, and I'm watching Luca score in every way possible. Get to the line from three in the paint. Off the, I'm watching him literally get whatever he wants. And every time he scores, I literally would say to myself, doesn't matter. Like he, he, can do, he can go out and do that again. Doesn't matter. Yeah. He can go and do it. It doesn't matter. Because like at some point, when you stop doing it, no one else on your team, team game. is, is going to do it. Now – Everyone thought maybe those answers were, or maybe those problems were solved with Jalen Brunson the way he was coming in this series or coming in this playoffs. He falls back down to Same earth. Position. You're, hey, 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 man. Overlap. It, look, he goes, he goes one, or he goes six from sixteen from the field, um, and, and gets in foul trouble early. And people are just looking at Jalen Brunson coming back down to earth. Mm-mm. He got matched up with the point guard this time, mm-hmm. and this time it's it's not like I know he had a good matchup in round one. That's no one to sleep on over there in Mike Conley, but. Chris Paul is able to to frustrate you. See what he what he does with multiple players. He gets Steph Curry out of rhythm like this, just with his ability to frustrate you, to disrupt you, to make you when you want to go here. He just makes you like pivot just enough to go a direction you didn't want to go. Throws you off. He's savvy, and it brings a young point guard down like that when you don't know how to deal with it in the playoffs. I think that was the the biggest thing I saw. Is Jalen Brunson is in no rhythm right now. So inevitably, when Luca puts this down or he has to go to the bench or whatever, he's not going to be there to pick it up. And cool, Maxi Kleber can go five for eight from three. Yeah. And, and, and he, he can do that. But he's, Maxi Kleber, I know, is not going to be the player to beat no. me. You got to frustrate Jalen Brunson, and we did that. Uh, Luca has six playoff games in his career where he scored over 40 points. The Mavericks are two and four in yep. those oh games. Same, old, same thing. That's sick. You know how mad I'd be if I was Luca. Like, He's so like young. oh my This is God. the thing. He's so young. And that's what I was gonna get to. That I was like, I'll save this point. Right. Um it's gonna be really fun for Luca uh when he does get a team around him, just watching him as an NBA guy. Because he's how old is Luca? 23, 24 max? If, if that. If that, if yeah. That. So I mean, once he gets a team around him, it's gonna be really fun. It's not there yet. You mentioned Brunson. I think Brunson will elevate his game. Slightly, not enough to matter. We're not going to see these. If he's there next year, like Brunson, oh, I'm talking about in the series. series. Yeah, I don't think. I think six for sixteen is going to be one of the worst games we see from him. Um, Especially you get to go back home soon, and he just put up what thirty points twice in this series before. I don't think we get to that point with Brunson. I think he gets slightly better. But if I got to put a wrap on it, I mean, Luca gave forty two and like what was it, eight assists, twelve rebounds, or forty five, twelve and eight. I mean, forty five. 
points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists. And the game, like, they were inching back, but it still really didn't feel no, that they, close. They, they, they got blown out for all types like, of purposes. This they got is blown out. 4-1 at best to me right now. This is the most, the least interesting series to me. Yeah, and if, if I'm Luka, that's got to eat me up. He even played through an injury. And, like, you know, he, he probably should have went out. He tweaked that same left left leg that that kept him out in the beginning of last series. And, like, he's hobbling on it. He's rubbing it. He's massaging it. And they probably any normal circumstance, he at least goes gets checked out. But, like, even he knows that, like, if we have any chance of even sniffing a victory and not just letting it fly off the rails probably for the rest of the series, like, I can't go out of this game. Yeah. Like I, I can't, like I can't show them that I'm, I'm down. I got to just play through it. Like for him to do that, put up 45, 12 and eight, like, and, and not have any help. It's like, like, yo, it's like me watching and be what he was doing last year against the Hawks. Like put in 43 and 20 and get no help this is why, we, through an injury. And I'm like, dog, you got, you, you someone's got to come up and step up for this bro. Around this time last year though, we, we also made the point, like when you have, I don't know if there's a definite number threshold cutoff, but like when you're in the 40 high 30% usage rate, your team can't win. Your team can I don't care how good the player is. He has 40% of the possessions. It's like a self-fulfilling. Like he's going to be too tired by the end of the series to give you what you need if you even are getting by with him being 40% usage. So it's got to be others. It's not going to be others. Uh, I, I, I do agree with Kyle. I think this is going to be a wrap here. Yeah. Unless your name is LeBron. You can use it as right. much. Correct. That's All right. Maybe, Last yeah. series before we move on. Warriors versus Grizzlies. Again, Grizzlies find themselves in the most exciting series of the round. Um, they're 1-1. Warriors come out, sustain a Draymond ejection, and win game one. The Grizzlies come out, counter, and win game two. And as Josh says to Steph at the end of the game, they have some fun with it. We're going to have some fun with it. So it's going to be great. Um, ja, hey, man, like that's, that's all I'm going to say It's Ja. Just Ja Morant. It's Crazy. insane. Pretty good, huh? It, it, it is nuts. Um. Shouldn't be most improved because everyone everyone sees this coming. But um, lighting up the Warriors' defense is averaging 48.5 and 9 in this series. Um, it block, blocked a layup away from – from or blocked layup away from a 2-0 lead. He missed the, the game winner in game one. So, he's, I mean, doing it all. Before we move on, before we even go into this, I need – we're going to go around and you can give reasoning if you want to or not, but I need an apology uh, about Desmond Bain. Need an apology from each and every one of you oh about the, about Desmond. For Bain. you picking him on your on your playoff team, I'm not giving you an apology. That would be correct. Desmond Bain proves in this series. Shake first off, he shook Steph into another universe, megaverse. He didn't. He didn't, he didn't shake it. him into a universe. He gave he, he heels. His he heels slid. Pretty bad. His heels slid. He's a guy who's gonna d- belly dive to to get a ball and get no out of bounds. Okay, Jake. Okay. Ultimate <laughs> ultimate fourth option. All I'm saying, you could have phenomenal pick. You could have Siakam, who had a great series. You're lucky Chris Middleton got hurt, or I'm definitely bringing that one up over him. I mean, I like Desmond Bain as a player. It, it was still a bad and, pick and, in and our hey, fantasy and, draft. And, and hey, Desmond Bain is gonna give you good playoff moments, playoff minutes. We essentially picked the top 20 players available in the playoffs. And you're telling me that Desmond Bain was the top coming into the entire playoffs. Out of 16 t- teams. Playing teams. Do we have the playing teams too? Don't tell me we had the playing teams. Oh. We did have the playing teams. Oh. So we top 20? Am Desmond I to understand? Bain is averaging seven points per game. I mean, he, had, he has He's moments. He's a good player. He's a good yeah, player. Yeah, yeah, I'm not trying to downplay Am I to be? Am I, I'm just not, I'm not getting. It's not getting your apology from okay. me. Okay. No, no, no. No, that's okay. So no, one, no apologies. <laughs> All right, I'll remember. All right, all right, all right, all right. No, no, it's okay. We can move on. I'll remember. Can you admit Jaron Jackson was a bad pick? Jaron Jackson was a bad pick. I probably yeah. could have found a better big than See, Jaron Jackson. I got Look, him to say that. He's still not I getting the apology for me. I picked Jokic. No, no, no. My, 
my team is a wash because I folded and picked Jokic. But Bane was a good pick. Which is but Bane was a good pick. You can't convince me otherwise. So you picked the you picked the MVP. This is crazy right now. So this is this is nuts. For all you listening, our blackout every one of our blackout curtains fell to drops. <laughs> I don't know if that's not all of them. That's never happened where every single all four of them fell. I mentioned that no, something happened. goes wrong before and the it's show. The lightest, it's the to, lightest podcast we've had, probably. It's starting it's to bleed into the show. Uh very displeased with the Desmond Bain energy. That had to be the reason it came down. <laughs> that's funny. Anyways, um, this so, series. To the to the Achilles heels. For gri- for the Grizzlies. Um Love their energy. Love how passionate they play. Love how much they play as a team. Their leader, John Morant, cannot say enough good things about what he's doing on the offensive end. He's, he's going to be what, like one of the most exciting players moving forward. But I can't ignore the lapses I see from him on defense. I'm, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry to rain on the John Morant parade. I really am because I've seen nothing but just admiration for him on social media, everyone going crazy. But if you watch the game, this brother, like, can't put any less effort on the defensive end for a superstar. Like, it's it's not it's not the ability, it's the effort. Like, you watch when Jordan Poole got going, when the pool party started at the end of the third, beginning of the fourth. Yeah, I'm using that. When the pool party started, ending of the third, beginning of the fourth, all those buckets are on John Morant driving to the lane. Steph Curry starts to get it going. All those switches happen on John Morant, him getting to the lane, him getting that end on those back-to-back layups. The reason Jaron Jackson fouls out is because John Morant's not alert on the defensive end, doesn't call out a screen. Jaron Jackson runs into Draymond Green, picks up a cheap sixth, and is out the game. So I think one of the only Achilles heels I see from a young Grizzlies defensive team is just John Morant really buying in to the all-energy aspect of the game on the defensive end because I think that takes them to a, a new level. A new I, have, I have a simple rule. Good. If you're averaging 40.5, 8.59, I'm not going to about the defense. I hear you. I'm I just hear not going to do it. I hear you, but counterpoint, Trey Young takes the Hawks through the, through the playoffs last year all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals and has an amazing, amazing playoff performances, amazing offensive runs. And what does everyone point out as the one thing Trey Young's not doing through the playoffs last year? They shouldn't have playing the ball, but they did playing defense, playing defense. But they did, and I'm and I'm seeing a very similar thing. This Grizzlies team can very well go to the Western Conference Finals, and no one would be no one would be shocked. But at some point, like that chicken's gonna come home to roost. John Morant has to at least buy into the effort part of defense. You don't got to be an All NBA defender, but you have to try to disrupt the Warriors, who their strength is their guards. All you're gonna do is guard scoring guards, 30, 30, and thirty. Can can happen between Steph Jordan Poole and Clay, and that's all going to be on John Morant's tab. You got to be able to buy into that. See, so he's he's being used at a forty point eight percent usage rate. Again, this is this is another place where that shows its head. You cannot you run that tired much on of the, the offense, yeah, especially the, the way he runs it, hyper athletic, and then also give the same exact effort on the defensive end. I just don't think it's humanly possible. Now, the paradox part of it comes in where like. I don't know if you get past the Warriors without Jaw having a crazy game every single game. Uh, so ultimately, it comes down to efficiency. I made the Desmond Bain point just because I wanted to give him a pat on the back, but he does have to be better in this series. Uh, both both of my guys probably do. Uh, Grizzlies not named John Moran are shooting 38.7%. You're not going to get by like that. You're just not going to. So I think it, it, he, he maybe thinks that he has to put everything on the offensive end. Like it's when my teammates aren't going, it's gotta be me. But I think from an observer's 
viewpoint like that they can't get by like that. I mean you also look at the second Achilles heel goes right into your point the lack of experience total that the, the Grizzlies have Ja doesn't know that yet Ja thinks that like I gotta go and make it all happen on the offensive end and you see guys coming into their third and fourth playoff runs like a Jason Tatum like a, a Luka Doncic where you gotta realize I mean Luka just had 45 but who realized the ball's gotta be spread out that, like I have to get my other teammates involved it can't just be all me on the offensive end um but for the Warriors, Achilles heels. Um, Clay, like we talked about how hot Clay was coming into the playoffs. And we haven't seen Clay get hot in the playoffs. It's been some step. It's been a lot of Jordan Poole. But I think Clay is going to be an X factor for the Warriors moving forward. It's tough, uh, the position they're in right now. Um, Clay, even in their dominant years, has always been a guy that really wanted the ball and wanted to get shots up. And he, when he wasn't, he wasn't afraid to tell Steph, like, I'm taking the next shot, pass me the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a legit conversation to be had right now that Jordan Poole maybe should be taking more shots than Klay Thompson every game if this team wants to make a run. I could get down with that. Like, I can get down with a that. A legit conversation that Jordan Poole is your number two option if this team is a championship team, the way things are going right yeah, now. Circumstances, now, now yeah, can yeah. Clay elevate his game? Yes. But as I see it right now, if I have to pick one guy to shoot 18 shots and one guy to shoot mm-hmm. 12 shots, yeah. I want Jordan Poole shooting 18 and shots the, as my second I got the, option. I want the guy who's doing it all season, not the guy who came back in January off two, like a 20 and, and that's a Achilles. tough like, place for not only Klay Thompson, but this Warriors. Because, I mean, you have to recognize this is a completely different team. This is the mix of those older three guys who need to rely on these younger guys to be a full team. This mm-hmm. isn't like the big three anymore. Draymond gives you basically nothing on offense. Not that he ever did. Mm-hmm. Um, and Clay isn't there anymore. And like, he's a good player. He will undoubtedly if they do make a finals run clay will have like two or three games where he has 30 oh, yeah, for, for and sure. this conversation changes but now we're in a dog fight this series um it is coming back home now mm. to golden state uh but they need to maybe win both mm. definitely win one i want to see jordan Poole taking more shots than clay uh, even if clay has those 30 point games I, I i still think that holds true because yeah. clay is going to get his outburst he's going to come in one night and just be hot. But if you look at what happened with Clay, almost costing them the game by missing those two free throws, Crazy. and Steph Curry also missed in game one, right? Missed back-to-back free throws. Like when when do you see that? Both of those at the end of the game, and I think that shows you that, like, yes, they're still two of your best players. Can they carry you through the entire game, through an entire series? Like they're getting, they're getting. That's that's tired legs. That's heavy legs at the end of the game. But my young buck Jordan Poole can do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, Clay like, was like, still like, there. To be fair. Clay made the play on defense. He was on ball. True, true. Uh, he still has proven to be capable defensively, which I think is is really yeah. important. Um, no doubt I'd rather have Jordan Poole offensively right now. And the other crazy thing, which I'm not really thinking about how that first game transpired, how does Memphis not win that game at the end there? I, like, I, like with the way that they gave you Curry, you said missing the free throws, um, you have Clay Thompson missing the free throws. The Draymond ref, the ref, the ref kicked out. missing a call. It should have been their ball, and they went right. to a jump ball. That so was, there was a lot. Dude, it felt so rigged. It, <laughs> right, and it's like how – and then Memphis ends up winning the second game. So if I'm if I'm like a, a, a Warriors fan right now, I'm in a bad place. I'm in a pretty bad place, and I need to see a resounding – and you're going to be without Gary Payton Jr., which we can talk about, another crucial piece that you're going to now miss – I, I would be – it's officially it's officially panic season, if I'm a Warriors Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gary Payton II is is P.J. Tucker. He is 
like insert PJ Tucker's role on a championship team anywhere. Yeah, that's more versatile. Than yeah, that's PJ Gary Payton in a second. Yeah. But like, I bet a bunch of people, casuals after this injury, went to Gary Payton's second stats and was like, "Oh, they could do it without him." And it's just no. Like Gary Payton the second as as does so many things that that don't show up on the stat sheet. He will do all the dirty things and all, all the little things for the Warriors. I think that's a huge hole. Talking about doing all the dirty things, hmm. Dylan yeah. Brooks. Come on, man. Cut. That was so intentional. It was. It was that mad was intentional. So bad. It was I, I wouldn't be mad to see him get suspended for the next game. And at like, least. Bro, like that's why you don't. That was I, bad. That I was a, that was the bad one. And there's and and the and what happened? What Draymond did to Brandon Clark the game before is no justification for going and well, doing that. My right. my point, and maybe this is like a barbaric like Philadelphian viewpoint. Like I think most people agree Draymond probably shouldn't have been kicked out for that borderline. But I think that's a situation where you let Draymond play. They go down the other end. And trust me, they're going to get a few elbows street, in on Draymond. Or street justice. And then is any it. sort of retribution yeah, is, is already gone out. Yeah. Is already done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, that's and good Draymond's point. one who does deserve it in the first place. So, because he's so I mean, and all this, all this, Ja, you know, giving words to Steph, Dylan Brooks heinously committing that, that foul and rightfully getting kicked out of the game. Um, the energy that the Grizzlies are playing with right now, is caused by by Draymond. And and I think the Grizzlies are a team that find a common enemy. Like round 1 it was Pat Bev. Oh, you you the guy that turned us all up that made us all mad. You all have to pay because of Pat Bev. And I think going into this Warrior series, they weren't scared, they weren't shy, but there was no enemy. They respected all of them. They loved all of them. Until Draymond pissed them off. Until Draymond slammed Brandon Clark to the floor and they said, "Oh, Bing, now we have a common enemy. Now now we're turned up. Now we're playing with, with emotion, with aggression, and they turned it up. Dylan Brooks took it way too far. But I think the Grizzlies are a team that feed off that passion, that feed off that intensity. And I think Draymond did give them a bullet in the chamber to now there's something tangible to make us go do that. There's We don't have to just muster that up ourselves. Draymond gave that to them. See, I actually see it from the other side. I think the the – Grizzlies are like the young up and coming team trying to slay the dragon, which mm. is the Warriors. And they got they they think, oh, we should be up to uh, we can beat these guys. Screw Draymond. The Warriors are like, okay, it's one one. We stole home court, and we're mad. Mm. We're really mad. Draymond flipped off the crowd after they cheered him getting elbowed. Uh, they're mad about Gary Payton Jr.'s injury, and they're gonna like. Take these kids to school. I think. We'll I, think I, I think. I think. I think they're going to come out I, mad. I agree with you. And the, the Grizzlies are going to be like sh- shell shocked at down three one we'll in see. five days. And, and and here's the thing. I kind of think both of our points can coexist. Like just because the Grizzlies are turned mm-hmm. up, don't mean the Warriors right, are going right. to subside. Like they can yeah. turn up too. And it going back to San Francisco. Like we know what happens when all those role players get back into. I was almost at Oracle, but get back into like the arena and you know start feeding off. What's that, that called now? Chase Arena, I think. That's so lame, isn't it? That's tough. <laughs> like, come on, you got to come up with like a cool name that's unique. The, like, or, I hate... Yo, nothing will beat the Oracle. Oracle's like, even, cool. Yeah, sure even even what the word so cool. Oracle means. It is a like, right? I'm sure it's it is a company. company. It's, it's a company. cool. It's cool. Like the there's one in college, there's a branch of it in College Hawkins. You see it all the time. Going on 76 Oracle. Yeah, they must have. They must have gotten a little cheap on the naming rights. That's all I think it was. <laughs> big one, big one. It ain't um, the crypto. It ain't the crypt.com center. It definitely ain't the crypt. The crypt. Um, 
All right, so to put a bow on this, we'll go back around the horn through all this series. Just give me your quick prediction, who wins, and in how many games. I'll start from the far end. Statman, give me Bucks celtics who wins how many games. Celtics in seven. Okay, Kyle. Bucks in seven. I'm going to go Bucks in six here. I think that Giannis is the best player on the planet, and he's about to prove it. So. I agree, but the Bucks show oh, the Celtics what? My fault. I forgot who had home court. I want Bucks and six as well. Bucks and six? Yeah, not seven. They do. They do have home court, or they did still home court, but the Celtics show me that they can still be the best of the team without Marcus Smart. Thanks, them. I'm taking Celtics in seven. Uh, Matt, Sixers, Heat, how many? I'm really scared about this before all three of you. Sixers, Heat, how many games? Heat in five. Top. Well, Matt, you are Matt to the dark place. Yeah, not, I said I I didn't bug. I said even if we beat I, last week, I said we're up three two. We're go, I think we'll win game six, but we're not good enough to beat. My, and then and beads out too. He is in five. like the acceptance oh, yeah, 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 of sure. like the stages of grief. Yeah, He's yeah, in you are, you're never gonna catch me Kyle, go against ahead. them. Go ahead. Sixers in six. Bold. We're winning That's pretty the night, bold. bold. Anything less than seven is bold. I think Sixers and seven because I firmly do believe they are the better team with Joel Embiid. It, it, like, I don't think it's super close. I agree. But they're going to start that race down 2-0, yep. and the Maybe. Heat all I do is run here and Maybe. you have to run we don't know that yet. back there. We don't know that. Game, if, game, at, don't the know best, oh, at the best, you get them down 2 Oh, Okay, you don't know no, if you're down not. 2-0. But at the best, you get them game three. I'm saying Heat and six. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Gotcha. All right. Don't don't Smarter. be petty. Don't don't be petty. <laughs> when I ask this next one, Suns Mavs, who wins and how many games? I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'm not out on a limb, but I'll there go Suns sweep. Oh, so, oh, out of the limb. That yeah. Oh, okay. I'm cool with that. Um, Kyle, bring the brooms out. Really? Suns four zero. I think you you bring the brooms out, but in a respectful uh, respectable, you give them a game. You, you let them hold one game, gentlemen. A little top hat to them, and you mm-hmm. move on. We do gentlemen sweep them. I am young gentlemen. Also think role players always play better at home. I think they go back game three or four. You get a Brunson, a Dinwiddie, some kind of game. You don't waste a Maxi Kleber game. And I think they might be able to steal one. All right, last one. Uh, Warriors, Grizzlies. Matt, who wins how many games? Uh, Warriors in six. Warriors in seven. I'm Warriors in seven, too. Give me the Grizzlies. Since mm. y'all are going Warriors, give gotta me, have someone. It's gonna be a close. Yeah, series. give me, give me, give me the Grizzlies. Warriors and seven is fun because that means that um, they get they win. The, on the Grizzlies road. need yeah, to take around, game yeah. six from. Yeah, oh. that's fun. I mean, to be honest, it's gonna be some good basketball. Just give me a seven game series. I don't care. Who I'd wins. rather play the Grizzlies than the Warriors. That's why I'm choosing the Grizzlies yeah. in seven, and I want them as tired as possible. All all of that is is for me. I got a fun series. Grizzlies are tired. They're the, the less experienced team. I don't want to see Steph Curry again in the playoffs. So, Grizzlies and seven. But we're almost out of time for that episode of Straight Facts. As always, we can get some shots about the buzzer. Jake wants to talk about hot dogs at the buzzer. I went to, so I went to a dollar first. dog night. I used to. This used to be like a landmark event for me before I had my I'm stomach so, issues. I'm so mad. Uh, so, I usually, my, my high ever in terms of uh, dollar dogs consumed in a night was eight. That's when not, I was that, about sixteen, not really sure we should brag about that. Yeah, I know. That's that's like it's gonna be you funny. Know they, like that, that's, people brag about like, oh, I could lift two hundred pounds over my head. Cool, I can eat eight hot dogs in a sitting. Like <laughs> CBP eat, like, hot dogs, dollar dogs. When they're warm, they're really good. I digress. <laughs> when they're warm, <laughs> I well, they get lukewarm when they give them to you in the middle of the game and they were prepared before the game. Anyways, I I came up with a series of questions, just polling the the meeting of the minds here right. on Dollar Dog Night. First and foremost, in your current state, how many Dogs, hot dogs, could you put down over the course of a baseball game? Uh, start over here. 
James. Now or in my prime? Now, now, right now. Oh, now I'm capping it for my health at four. Even even if I want, I'm gonna get something else. Out now, how many? No, you, no, you got it. Like competition. Oh, oh right. competition. Yeah. Oh, you get trying? ten. Bu- you get ten bucks for every hot dog. Yeah, but I would it doesn't say, matter that your stomach hurts. Would, don't, yeah. don't don't put a dollar amount each hot dog back in I'll eat it until no tomorrow. You can't puke. No right, money, right. No. Um, okay. Realistically, I probably get about like eight or nine before eight I start nine, like really reevaluating my life too. and how much I value my health and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, I could do that many too. Eight like to me, I was thinking more like just like you know six, and then I'll start to feel like crap. But I can do it. But I can go like one. Like maybe one two after I feel like crap. Like oh, I'm not. Could, a you, shut this thing, could you do one an inning? Yeah, one an inning. That's nine. That's nine. Yeah. I know that gets that gets tricky. Though. It's tough. That that, that, that tough. by the by the fifth you heavy. Matt, ten. Ten. Okay, so you guys all think anywhere from eight to ten that you could eat. I thought I could probably do the same. I got to the fourth one, and my heartburn was beating my ass <laughs> by like the fourth inning. I was in a world of pain. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Um, yeah, it's tough. Uh, the the other question, other two questions. Do you think? One dollar per hot dog. Do you think they turn a profit per dog? I'd rather not think about that. Easily, they're yeah. buying these things in huge pallets. They're turning a profit. So you think it's but definitely like, turning? But like, that's not fun to think about. That like, you know, they they're they're turning profit on a dollar hot dog. What's less fun <laughs> is to think about how much of it's actual real meat compared to filler. I Come think on, they man. barely like, like, make money. Why it's not about wanna, the profit because they got to pay for the buns too. Right, and then whatever and the worker toppings. labor cost toppings. Uh, and then the last question, and this is the most speculative. How bad of an injury do you think you would sustain from about 20 to 30 feet away from a mascot's mounted like anti-air hot dog gun that they shoot around the stadium? How badly do you, if you got hit with a hot it. dog? Oh, yeah. I'm not catching any injury. I'm not catching any injury because I'm catching that hot dog. I don't I think, think you, I don't think you realize how fast this thing shoot, bro. I don't think I, I don't mess, think I care. If you're not paying attention, you could mess up your eye. If that like, thing if, hits if you, if that, if that thing hits you in the side, like that could mess up your like, vision. Like Matt, if you go stand in that corner, no, that corner, and I and I get out one of these bazooka catching things, that easily. God, what have you? These things shoot to the top deck of a of, a, of an NBA stadium of, yeah. a, of, a, of an MLB stadium, and, and players can throw it too. People, players can throw it to the top. Not back. on a line drive. It throw it on a loop. This thing goes on a. That doesn't go on a line drive either. That's gravity. No, that goes it goes on a line. Kyle, so, this thing shoots out in a line drive. <laughs> I, I do want to say I looked up hot dog gun, and the only pictures that came up were fanatics. all of the Philly fanatics. So I'm starting to realize they were elite, top top. this is not something that like other places have. I also 98 found, miles per hour. I also I found an it. article. Kyle, because <laughs> <laughs> you know, because yeah. like a hundred mile an hour hot dog at the other end of the room. How is you think that's like the plate of a pitching mount? Because I could catch a ninety eight miles per hour fastball as a catcher. Right, yeah, no, you got with your bare hands. With, yeah, no, you yeah, couldn't. With a glove and yeah, that's, soft, that's softer on. than a baseball. So though. my point being, like from right imagine? there, no. From right there, no. From sixty feet, yes, I'm catching it. My, where my mind and to goes. be honest, I think you'd be surprised that if you like got catcher's gear on, sat behind the plate, and rolled his Chapman through your fastball, yeah, you, oh, you might take one off the mask. Like you might, you might miss time mm-hmm. one. Your glove might be down here. Two seam, like, oh, two seam, I'm missing it. You well, might, it four might seam, I'm off, catching. I'm catching. Uh, four yo, seam. I might pin you off the, that joint, like 100 miles an hour. Like, we're, like I'm well, catching. I don't know. We'll man. Close out that. I've caught like 82 before. in a post-apocalyptic <laughs> world. If you're in Philadelphia looking for home defense. A viable option is the Hatfield hot dog gun, ninety-eight <laughs> miles per hour, taking down. This is one of the. This it. is one of the better debates 
sports or not, we've had on the podcast. I'm just picturing like a desolate wasteland. Yeah. I'm like scrounging for food. And then like I knock on the door, I come out. I'm imagining the opposite. I'm imagining that like an old medieval um, criminal gets taken and now we, he has to be killed at 10 paces and you turn around <laughs> and it's a hot dog bazooka. <laughs> and Kyle is the visuality talking about like, that this job, not bro. even going to kill me. Like, and, like fools, I'm catching this hot dog. Like, I, it is, it's pretty funny to think about. It is, it is ridiculous. <laughs> Kyle and Matt, top it. Try try to top that at the buzzer. I just wanted to say, uh, so Jordan Addison from Pitt, Belitnikoff winner, best wide receiver in the country. Uh, that's what that award goes to. Uh, Going to be a first-round pick next year. I mean, you never know what happens over the course of college football season. That's where right, you're right now. Just answered the transfer portal today. Mm. Um, no and penny. there are speculation that it's because he was offered $2 million from USC to go there. Now, that is very, very big speculation and would be a huge bad thing for... Is that even illegal anymore? And That's the question mark. That's what would come up. Oh, but, yeah. You can't just get... It's got to go through No, hey, that's, right? what that's what you thought. That's what you thought. Oh, really? But now if that isn't true i know what still is true is he is transferring because of nil yeah. yeah you're going to be a first round pick and now he wants to go to a bigger school because nil i'm all for nil also no but if this is it. if but they've signed a kid that's supposed to get drafted too no no kyle's point is kyle's but, point is but if you if it's affecting kids transferring so they can go get a bag maybe i'm not as hype on nil because it's not in the spirit of why it was there it's not in the spirit. If, if you this was Bama to Georgia, would you program. be right? Would, would you would you have this kid? I understand. He's going to transfer to Bama. No, I'm saying no, no. it's going to be Bama. Didn't touch you though. If you didn't right, lose right. your best wide receiver, like if, if those were two schools, that they, I, right. I think you're, what you're saying is valid. To be fair, oh, I, would sure. I be as bad? I mean, no. But we are from from an outside college football perspective. You're talking about the kid that was the best receiver in college football. Mm-hmm on the field last year transferring because of money no that is not in the spirit of the game i'm all no. for nil get your brand deals it's it's a connected world now you can get your brand deal on instagram now he's going to transfer in my mind it's 100 percent because of that so i mean i think for it's bad sure for and that's why i think it if that's not illegal it's why it should be because right. like like someone like that like you can get your name image and likeness off at pit maybe not as much as, as much, usc but yeah. you can still get it off and to be honest usc is no ma- in no major market where they're going to dominate like they're just as close to la as pit probably is to philly I, I would imagine right so like i don't i don't think it's it's anything crazy lincoln riley going there might be yeah, might be a reason william chancellor yeah, yeah, yeah um right like all, all that considered usc but, is much closer to la than pit oh is it okay yeah, much is, um absolutely. but but my, my my only small counterpoint is I don't know how much NIL has to do with it because if you're like you might just want to be jumping from from program to program and pit to USC right now is still a jump for all those things that that we said is it I mean you're I going would from think a so. team that just won their conference it's more visible and I would is, say it's but, more but they're getting one of the best ranked, but, but your preseason ranked Pitt's preseason ranked at 11th. But, but in the they're country. getting it, but they they just got one of the best, if not you know, one of the best coaches in college football. They have one of the best young quarterbacks in college football, who was his quarterback transferring to that school as well. Um, I mean, you know, you like, get to just, be with the USC girls. <laughs> you yeah. get to live in That's Southern California. Yeah, I get it. Live in Southern California. <laughs> yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to pick yours between USC and Pitt. Pitt's football program has proven way more than USC has in the past. No, three Kenny years, Pickett's but, still there, and he still does all this. It's an IL, one thousand percent. Right. No, this is NIL. Also, it's it's fair to to point out that this may have still happened behind the scenes. They just would come up with a different reason as to why the kid was transferring away from a program. Oh, so, yeah. 
just wouldn't be so. But it is still a problem. Like no, regardless of why, I, do, I don't want to invalidate your point. If we're gonna go there, uh, and I hate to say it, bring back the gap year for transfers because the way that college sports are going right now, too crazy, is everyone is transferring. Like it's, it's free agency it's, it's for tough. college yeah, sports. Yeah, and I don't like stuff. it. And now yeah. you add money into the mix. I don't like this at all. It's almost like uh, like European soccer where teams, oh, Jack Grealish had a great year for Aston Villa, who's like who finished like ninth in the English Premier League. Man City won the league, bought him for a hundred mil. Yeah, and so, you're saying, so, so, and I, so you're saying it's almost like a professional sport. Yeah, so which NIL, isn't where college sports could be. Right, they're amateur sports, yeah. and, and NIL should be your name, image, likeness. Right. It no, shouldn't be. Right, we'll or, or it shouldn't be it. what that school can offer me. The only thing that school should be able to offer me over this school is more exposure. Yeah, and we'll now, see what comes out about it because right, right. that that was thrown out there, and Narduzzi said something about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you Google it, that's not going to come up. So this is staying low. Yeah, we'll see. But regardless, I think he's transferring because of NIL in some sort. Matt, what you got to say? Speaking of European soccer, Liverpool made the Champions League final, beating Villarreal yesterday. They're going to be playing Real Madrid, who had an epic comeback today against Manchester City. Uh, It's a rematch of the 2018 final where Liverpool really got unlucky. Their best player, Mohamed Salah, uh, guys, his shoulder separated 20 minutes into the game. Then uh, early in the second half, Sergio Ramos elbows Liverpool's goalie in the head. Nothing's called. Turns out it concussed him. We found out a couple days later. Sounds like a Sergio Ramos thing. And uh, Lawrence Karius has the two biggest blunders you'll ever see in a Champions League final. He literally rolls the ball into the foot of Kareem Benzema for a goal and then drops a, like a 40-yard shot from Gareth Bale and goal. So Liverpool's going to be wanting revenge after the 3-1 loss four years ago. Everyone, thank Matthew for the Thanks soccer, for the soccer update. update. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. You, did thank you. You, you checked that box for us. Thank you. Man. With soccer fans who are streaming. No, I mean, it's Champions League soccer. A lot of, and to be honest, if Barcelona wasn't, you know, a dumpster fire it's themselves, yeah, I, I probably would be tuned into the Champions yeah. League too. So that that's provided. But all right, my at the buzzer, I, I just have to ask you guys something as, as, you know, people who spend a lot of time with UAC every week. And, for those of you out there listening who know me, Anthony is too. My mom told me one time, and it's been it's been bothering me ever since she said it. She told me one time that I have unrealistic social expectations. You, of all people, Jake, really need to ponder that one. And, she, and here's why she brought it up. I've probably done it to all you guys. I sneezed one time, and she's standing right behind me. She didn't say, bless you. And, I'm, and for anyone who knows me... If I sneeze, this is the most petty argument. If I sneeze, I already know it. If I sneeze, like just say bless you. Like it's just the courteous thing to do. I would do it to you. It's just, it's just, you know, I just think that's I got common. a counterpoint. And that's common courtesy. So my mom didn't bless me. I said, you're not going to bless me. And then she launched, she got really mad at me and said, James, you have unrealistic, unrealistic social expectations. So before you counterpoint that, answer me. Is that unrealistic for me to expect that? And like, do I overall have unrealistic? Don't, I mean, don't hurt my feelings, but like, be I honest. mean, with your mom in your house, where you're probably in the kitchen or something. Then, That's like, exactly where I was. And like, <laughs> then, like, yeah, I guess I that. would expect him to say "bless you," but uh, was I it like in an it. allergy fit? No, it was just like okay. I'm, I'm sitting. Like, okay, so then I'm on your side because my brother has horrible allergy fits, and, he wants to be and I'm not, I'm not going to. Oh no, no, I'm not going to say "bless you" to him because <laughs> he he stops sneezing for 20 seconds <laughs> and then he sneezes again. I'm a one sneezer, two sneezer max, and I and I purposely try to sneeze hard because I want to get it all out. If it's you hear ever hear me sneeze twice in a row, 
just know you're in trouble with some sort of sickness coming your way. <laughs> I, I like very sneezing. rarely sneeze. Okay, okay. So I'm not, that's not unrealistic for me to expect. But overall, like, do I have unrealistic social expectations? Like, do I expect? I wouldn't say it's something that, that I would point out like, oh, it's weird that James thought X so-and-so didn't do so-and-so. I just want I feel like most of the time, and also I'm another person who is like petty and like, would probably get into a, 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 a conversation <laughs> like that. So no, it was a good like to five to ten minute back and forth <laughs> as to why I feel feel like she should have played. It's just it's common courtesy to me. Feel free to to DM me, text me, message me if I have unrealistic social expectations. Let me know. I'll I'll really look inward at myself and I'll I'll try to fix myself. But that's all the time we have for this episode of Straight Facts. It was a good one. It was a long one, but we got a lot of good content. And shout out to everyone on the Up on Game Network. And shout out to my guys as always, Jake Gallic. Jake Galley, Kyle Sirik, and Stat Matt Robinson. I'm James Jackson. These have been facts. Straight up.